welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard DFS show. I'm Kev, I'm with the lads tonight, Max and Ali. It's our first show, our launch, the Fantasy Wildcard DFS. Boys, how are you feeling? I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm 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 gonna be upfront and honest. This is my first season playing DFS, so I was saying before we started, I'm going to be the voice of the people here. Anybody new into this game that we're dragging in, I'm right here with you. We're going to try and win a little bit of money together. So any questions I'm asking, I'm asking for you guys. I'm going to try and keep you on track. <laughs> I'm just pumped. I mean, we have we spoke about this concept last season, Kev, and I'm just absolutely thrilled that we've we've brought it to light and we're doing it. So, yeah. Can't wait to, to dig into DFS. Can't believe the season is is here. So, yeah, I'm excited, mate. Absolutely can't wait as well. Obviously, we're trying to get people in the green. I'm wearing green tonight. I'm feeling it. Um, essentially, this show, it's all about guiding people through the main slate at DraftKings um, for each week of this fantasy season. We're going to talk about cash lineups. We're going to talk about tournament lineups or GPP guaranteed price pool lineups as well. We'll be highlighting players at each position. It's going to be fast-paced. And on that note, we're going to get into cash lineups to begin with. So we're going to come at the, to the QB spot to begin with. And over to you, Max. Who's your cash QBs? Uh, yeah, so I've got two cash quarterbacks. Just kind of safer players. They are two of the safest quarterbacks in the league. It's Trevor Lawrence, who's coming up against the Colts. You can get him for $6,500 going as a Colts defense that last year wasn't fantastic. A little bit erratic at times. I imagine Lawrence and the Jags just kind of pick them apart and, and use Calvin Ridley and use all these weapons that are there. I think he's great value at 6500 And also, Justin Herbert versus Miami. I mean, this should be a shootout, as you'd imagine. You expect Justin Herbert to be throwing the entire game, especially because, you know, his main running back, his his main weapon is receiving anyway. So it's not like they're going to be smashing the ball running too much anyway because they're just going to keep it short and throw it to Austin Eckler rather than try and smash things through. So Herbert, I think, is someone that safe houses against Miami in a shootout at $6,900. Yeah, I expect them to be pretty safe players to start off. Yeah, I love both these guys. Both got great hair. Um, yeah. Excellent QBs from a from a real life point of view, from a fantasy point of view, and it just it all ties in nice with them being excellent DFS players. I think the term you used was safe as houses, which yeah. that's exactly what we're looking for in cash games. You're looking for players that are a high ownership percentage that are popular. Uh, you're looking for players with a high weekly floor, and also you're only trying to beat half the field as well. So. Think about your cash lineups if you finish first or if you finish, say, 49th out of 100, you're getting the same return, which is doubling up on your money as well. So I think both great picks. You said safe as houses. Speaking of safe as houses, we've got a guy whose surname is Robinson. His first initial is B. We're on about safety, but we're not on about that. Robinson, now we are. <laughs> no, we're not on to the, the running back plays. Um, I just I can't get away from this matchup. Brian Robinson at home against the Cardinals, the worst team in NFL, and a team that is surely starting Josh Dobbs. I mean, the game script is is so going to be heavy for these running backs, Antonio Brown and Brian Robinson. I have a feeling that Antonio Brown is sorry, Antonio Gibson, not Antonio Brown. Antonio Gibson um, is going to be, I think, he's going to be the more higher owned running back. So I'm going to go for Brian Robinson that brings the safety and this. They're going to be running the game out. I think I look back at his usage 
end of last season. And I was actually quite surprised at how heavy they used Brian Robinson. So the last four games, 24 rushes, 22 rushes, 21 rushes, 18 rushes. So if you're going to get that against the Cardinals team, sign me up because I think it brings such a high floor. Um, obviously, receptions is probably always the fear with Brian Robinson and is Gibson going to get all the receptions? But I think just in this matchup, I'm not too bothered, especially in cash. Maybe in tournaments, I'd be avoiding him. But in cash, when I only got to beat 50% of the field, Gibson's going to be the third down back. Um, but I just think Robinson's got such a high floor. So he's the guy that I want to go for. And he's, he's, he's really quite cheap, I think. So that's my first runner back. Moving on to my second runner back. Um, this is the king. And he's being priced up like he's just a prince. It's Derek Henry. <laughs> it's <laughs> surprised to see that he's... $200 cheaper than a guy in BJ Robinson that we've not even seen in the league yet. We don't know what his usage is going to be. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised and I'm definitely going heavy on Derek Henry. The, the running back slate for week one is pretty unpredictable. It's pretty yucky. So I'm just going to take the guaranteed floor and what Derek Henry can bring you. Um, the matchup is actually favorable as well against the Saints, who allowed the 12th highest run success rate in 2022, which is quite surprising because they have been known to be stout in the past. So 42%, which was a, a really high run success rate. They've signed John, DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. Obviously, I think that only helps Derek Henry and he could could face some less stacked boxes. So, yeah, all the signs point for Derek Henry having a really safe game. And then you've got... Um, it's going to be a tight game. Derek Henry is still going to be the focal point of that offense. So I just think he brings such a safe floor. And we know with Derek Henry in any given week, he can pop up. So you've got that ceiling as well. So those are my two picks at running back. Yeah, I think running back, a lot of it's about volume and it's a great spot for cash game because it's predicted volume in both of those guys. I think what you tend to find early on in the season as well is that players are underpriced. So you get better lineups uh, means you can afford the the big hits uh, at running back uh, while a lot of the prices are so low, especially when it comes to your, your rookies and uh, especially rookie wide receivers. I think um, one guy that stood out to me as well was, was Raheem Mostert, a guy that's fallen into a, a job on the back of a couple of injuries as well. But I do like both those picks with uh, Brian Robinson, who's safe and unsexy, and Derek Henry, the prince, we're going to call him from. Now, maybe he'll be king if he, uh, if he comes home right, with the goods. But, yeah, we're going to move on to wide receiver now, and I'll be talking through the, the cash picks of wide receiver. First one is Colton Sutton, 5,200 um, versus the Raiders. A little bit like mentioned there with um, Raheem Most, that he's essentially the, the number one focal point based on injuries to um well to jerry judy in this instance so i think automatically he becomes in play because of that there's question marks about marvin mims early on he's a dart throw he could have a massive week uh, in that number two spot but he's a rookie we've also got greg dulcich you've seen up and down usage in the in the preseason with, with troutman there and you've got sean payton's homecoming well not homecoming but his first home game as a new head coach and um, yeah, I think all signs point to a really safe volume there. Um, we're not expecting the Broncos to run away with it, which keeps it keeps in play to to be, to be throwing, to be passing. There's also question marks about Javante Williams. 
Becky Ryan potentially. How's that backfield going to look? Mm. Is there going to be more passing? Will the running game be as effective early on in the season while that tandem's coming together? So, really like Cortland Sutton at his price. I think he's a smash cash play. And also, Johan Dotson, again, someone that like Sutton has come in to be the, the number one in that offense based on an injury to, in this instance, Ted McLaurin, who's not expected to play this week. Um, I think there is a bit of concern with Dotson that the game could get out of hand. And that brings into play, like you mentioned, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson for Rush point of view. But I think at $5,000 against the Cards, they're going to have their way however they want to have it. I think he's someone that he's going to be their target leader. He's going to get maybe between five to seven or eight targets. And we've seen that he has got um, the potential to have the big play as well. So really like Dotson. They're both pretty good prices as well. So cash lineups tend to have a lot of sort of safe prices and you can fit in um, plenty of those into your, into your team. So it might be that the, the touted as wide receiver plays, but you might be able to slide one of them into your flex as well. So um, really like that. Pitt's workload is great. I think hot hand early on this season, but that could change when obviously McLaurin and Judy come back. Now, speaking of a uh, really good predictive <laughs> workload, we're hopeful for this first guy. I think he will have a great workload to begin with. I'm going to move to the flex spot. Who was the first guy you were talking about, Max, in cash? Yeah, probably no surprise here. It's it's Dion Jackson of the of the Colts. He's filling in for Jonathan Taylor, who is obviously, you know, still injured, right? Injured, uh, still not playing. How about that? So he's going up against the Jags, and yeah, at four thousand one hundred dollars, pretty cheap, and and a good option as well in this format, I think, because you know you're right. You only have to beat half of the field, so. You imagine someone like Deion Jackson is going to be very, very highly owned. So you don't want to miss out on him if he does become a smash success. And if he's a bit of a flop, then he's flopping for, you know, most people anyway. So it hopefully won't hurt you too much. So I think that he's a good safe play in there. Even though he's coming up against the Jags, he'll still see quite a lot of workload there for, for the Colts, you would imagine. And then the second one, I mean, Kev is, can you see Kev like <laughs> itching for me to say this name? And I know you're all wondering... What Panthers wide receiver is it going to be? It's Adam Thielen. Dare I say his favorite one? I'm not sure though, but I think maybe the softest spot for Adam Thielen. He's at $4,600 versus the Falcons. I just really like the relationship that him and Bryce Young seem to be building up. Like he, they look pretty good in preseason. He's going to be looking for a veteran target, a savvy guy. I think Adam Thielen's going to be there for him and, and a safe target. And, I mean, it's Adam Thielen. He's going to be there in the in the red zone as well, expecting maybe to pick up a touchdown or so as well. Like, I think he's a pretty safe player versus the Falcons, who, yeah, they they might not be the highest scoring game to be honest, but I think we're not really worrying about slam dunk players here. We're worrying about just beating half the field, like you said. So I think Thielen is a safe pair of hands. Yeah, I love the Deion Jackson pick. I think he did really well in his uh, games last season when he was filling in. Um, and I also like the fact that you've talked about running back in the flex spot again. Cash games, you're looking for predictive volume, for safety, and having that third running back in the flex spot is a great shout. Plus, Adam Phelan, any time there's hype on Phelan or any love shown to, to my man, I'm going to be all over that. It gets my approval. 
Um, so yeah, he might be a slow bite dude, but keeping on that thought train, we're going to move to the cash tight end plays of the week and over to you, Ali. Who's your slow white dude? Um, yeah, so my, my slow white dude is the guy that <laughs> is now the, the highest earning tight end in the league, actually. He just got paid this week. It's TJ Hawkinson. Um, it pains me because it is against my Buccaneers, but I do think he's going to have a fantastic game. Uh, my Bucks ranked 29th against the tight end position last season, so I know things have changed. Not much have changed on the Bucks' offense, so I believe that to be pretty similar going forwards. He appears to be ready week one. He was a full participant last week in practice, so all, all signs point to him starting game one. Um, he is the second most expensive tight end on the slate, which I don't tend to pay up for tight end, but I think he's going to give you such a safe floor with a high ceiling. Um, and I do think, thinking about the matchup, that the Buccaneers' offense, I think, are going to be able to move the ball on Minnesota because I think Minnesota's defense is absolute trash. So I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. The Vikings are going to win. Um, their team implied total is 26, which is the joint fourth highest of the week. So I think it's a good bet for Hawkinson to score a touchdown and, yeah, give you a decent floor with that high ceiling. So TJ Hawkinson, I'm having in a lot of my cash lineups this week. Then the second one, I mean, this Kev show, this is because we've gone for his favourite. We've got his favourite wide receiver in there. Now I'm going for his favourite tight end in David and Joku at 4,200, I think. This is the point where I think it's the right the right price point for David and Joku. I think it's in in a game that I'm actually targeting this week. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. He actually had his second best week of the year last year against the Bengals, um, who who ranked 23rd against tight ends in 2022. Um, and then we hear in the off season that the the Cleveland Browns are going to be more pass heavy. So I think they're going to need to be in this game as well. It looks like I think Joe Burrow is going to be back and he's going to be fine. We know how explosive that offense is going to be. Um, again, it's another high over under of 47. I think that could reach the higher quite easily. So, um, yeah, looking at cash in terms of tight ends, we look for safety, someone that could see seven targets or a touchdown. So I think David Njoku is good for seven targets. I think it's also good for a touchdown. So he, he um, threatens both of them scenarios. And, yeah, I just think the Browns are going to have to score touchdowns to keep up. And David Njoku is a big touchdown target so yeah i think i'm going for the safety of david and joku yeah i was just joking about hawkinson me slow and white it's just he's not as fast as as the elite elite guys but he's pretty quick well he's faster than me definitely but yeah just this show does keep getting better adam Thielen, david and joku is definitely the best dfs show we've put out as a uh, spanish wildcard as well so far so um <laughs> great great effort on that um we're now going to move to the cash defense and special teams plays and I mean, we had to give a bit of a homage to um, NFL T-Strack, Tom Strachan, um, a guy that's been an inspiration for us to jump into the FS. And what a better way to give him a little little high five than mention the Ravens, $4,000 versus the Texans. I think there's a lot to like in this, the fact that they're big favourites at home. Uh, you've got a rookie QB in, CJ Stroud, coming to visit the Ravens in his first NFL game. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a, a blowout win for the Ravens and uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for sacks, turnovers and to, to do whatever they want. It, it is a bit of a pricey play at 4000 but in, in cash lineups, if you've got, say, your Deion Jackson in there, etc., you're going to have plenty of uh, cash to spare and uh, pay up at uh, defence special teams. And you're looking for um, um, a pick that's going to be 
high-owned, high and a lot of people will be going on to this move if uh, they have the cash. But if they're not on that, I think the other one that's an obvious pick is the Commanders against the Cardinals, $2,800. That's got to be the, the highest-owned defence this week for me, just uh, playing Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon, being favourites. Um, it's going to be however they want it to be. So, yeah, Ravens and Commanders are two to round out our cash selections. We're now going to come on to tournament lineups, or we're going to call them GPP, which is Guaranteed Price Pool. Um, what we're looking for really is low overall ownership, we're looking for unique plays, uh, unique builds, things like considering stack options and bring backs against the stack as well. And you're trying to finish first place. So if you come in the middle of the pack in a tournament, it's not great. You want to be right up in the first spot. So coming back to you, Max, for QB, who's your guys? Yeah, just thinking about you want to score as many points as possible, and a guy that really comes to mind for that is Tua Tonga Vailoa. Like he is a guy that last year, before he was all of those injury concerns, he was just slinging the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill, to Jalen Waddle, to anybody that was down there. And going up against the Chargers, I mean, we talked about Justin Herbert earlier as a safer play. I think Tua is a guy that is more likely to just kind of hit those bombs downfield and. Yeah, I think he's going to link up really well with Tyreek Hill, who's you know obviously a potential stack that you spoke about. You stack him up with Tyreek Hill or a Jalen Waddle. I think him at 6,700, yeah, he's going to be in such a high-scoring game that he's you know hopefully going to be right up there as a top-performing quarterback. The second one, a bit riskier, but again, that's what this is all about. It's Jordan Love. A bit of an unknown, right? No one really knows what's going to happen. The only thing I can tell you is going to happen is he's playing against a team that, don't forget... They were the worst team in the NFL last year. I mean, everyone's talking about the Cardinals. Everyone's talking about all the teams. The Bears still suck, all right? The Bears are still crap. <laughs> they were the worst team last year. They're not going to be far off this year either. So Jordan Love could come in. He's got some young receiving talent all around him. He's good rushing as well. So Jordan Love could be a good option at 5,000 to, you know, beat the ownership as well. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people owning Jordan Love here. So he could be a nice sort of cherry on top of your team. Uh, I love those picks. I think with Love being such a low-priced option as well, it'll, it'll be low ownership um, just because he's so far down and there is that unknown factor. Um, but you're going to be getting some Bears fans and some Fields fans riled with... Um, no one supports uh, the Bears. No one knows a Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going to move on to the, the GPP running back plays now. And again, it's it's our second high-five to, to Tom's beginning. Who you got, Ali? Yeah, so boom or bust play. We want someone that's going to finish number one at the position. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has all been boom and bust throughout his career. More probably bust than boom, but this this matchup against the Texans is just so juicy. Um, they rank worst deep run defense in 2022, 170 rush yards per game. It's terrible. J.K. Dobbins is finally back healthy. There's no disputes. He's ready to roll. Perfect matchup. The Ravens are the biggest favourite this week, nine and a half. Sometimes I've seen it as 10 as well, home favourite. So I personally struggle to see the, the Texans being able to run the, run the ball or even just move the ball on, on the Ravens' defence, which is why that's a great play. So I just think Dobbins is going to feast on the ground. It's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. I honestly can see him scoring multiple touchdowns, two touchdowns, breaking the slate 100 yards. That's what I want to go for. I think his price point is absolutely perfect. Obviously, the criticism of Dobbins in the past has been the lack of receptions. I think, A, 
he doesn't necessarily need receptions in this game. But interesting article on the Ravens website this week saying Dobbins expects to catch a lot of passes. Maybe we've heard that in the past before. I'm not sure. But I thought it was an interesting note, especially with Todd Monk and this offense is going to be spicy going forward. So J.K. Dobbins. The next one is typically um, wouldn't pay up that much, but I couldn't avoid Austin Eckler in the matchup where it's going to absolutely smash, be an absolute shootout. I just want every piece of this matchup. And I think Austin Eckler could be going under the radar with the stacks with Justin Herbert, with Tua, and the wide receivers. So I'm going to go pay up for Austin Eckler this week. Highest over under of the slate of 50, both elite offences. I think Kellen Moore said at the weekend that Eckler is still the guy, that he doesn't expe- expect to reduce Eckler's workload from last season, which is a great sign. I think the roster ship is expected to be pretty high, but I just think he's the one back worth paying up for. I think Christian McCaffrey is $300 more expensive, but that's in a more tough matchup at the Steelers. Um, yeah, I just think week 14 last year against the Dolphins, he had 23 total touches, ran in a touchdown. This was also in a game with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams together. So I think Austin Eckler is going to be um, going to have a heavy workload and he's going to smash it and could be the running back one of the week. Yeah, I think you make a great point, sir, um, just about like the ownership could be high on these players and overall in a GPP, you're looking to have low ownership, but you can t- put high ownership players in there as long as you get in uh, unique and different positions with maybe some of the lesser known players or lesser known stacks, maybe a tight end rather than a wide receiver as an option if you've got these um, high owned smash players as such. Um, I also like Rashad White this week as a as a... Someone that's a bit of a dart throw uh, at five and a half thousand, I believe, uh, in a game which I think will be playing from behind. And um, yeah, Sean Tucker is there, which we like, but I think Rashad White's going to be seeing a heavy workload in all all phases, then probably low owned as well. Now, by complete fluke, we, we did our pick separate this week, and I've got the wide receivers to mags as QBs. We've, we've managed to stack <laughs> it somehow, complete fluke. Um, Tyreek Hill, 8,200 against the Chargers. Uh, like you've said, Ali, the highest over-under this week. He's a guy that I think he, he, he's the main man for Miami. You could see people going to the Waddle side of things or, as a stack or as a bring back just to get a little bit different. But what I'm thinking for in a, in a GPP is can he be four times, can he be potentially five times his salary in a one-off week? So 8,200 you're looking for scores in the 30s which he did a couple of times last season we've seen him have absolute crazy weeks as well um far from his time at the chiefs so really like the upside on him despite that he could be highly owned in the, the highest over under of the week and then the other one christian watson six thousand versus the bears i think as we start the season um, there's Jaden reed that's a rookie there's uh, romeo dubs who is uh, coming back from an injury and then you've got rookie tight ends in uh, Tucker Craft and Musgrave. So I think if it does get into playing from behind, passing sort of game, which it could be they are underdogs on the road against the Bears, it's going to be Christian Watson. We've seen his explosive. We've seen his scores touchdowns. We've seen it can be used as a runner and as a receiver. So there's plenty of ways you can tell a story that he hits 20, 25 points, which that's more than enough for you to to really hit the heights with, with the image you stack, I think. With with both those selections, uh, from Stack's point of view, there's players on the other side that you can use as well. DJ Moore, um, any of the charges locks there, just absolutely stacked. 
So we're now going to move to the flex spots in GPP. And I mentioned the charges there. It's a great place to start, Max. I mean, yeah, surprise, surprise. It's this matchup again, right? This is just, it's just like gold for this. So we, we're expecting it, as Ali said, to be such a high scoring game. And, you know, this might be your only chance to put this player in your lineup all season because he's probably <laughs> going to get injured right after this. It's Mike Williams for the LA Chargers. When he's on the field, he is amazing. He is a great target downfield. These massive players that you can get out of him from Justin Herbert. You know, before he got injured just last year, he was bordering on that wide receiver one kind of window area. A year before that, I think he was like, actually was a wide receiver one, but he's just going to get injured, isn't he? That's the real problem with him. So while he's here, let's take advantage of Mike Williams at $5,700. Pretty good steal there, especially if you got Justin Herbert as well as your quarterback, which you mentioned earlier. Good flex, good flex option definitely for Mike Williams. And the other one, I mean, we, we tipped our hat to Tom Strachan earlier. He's going to fall out of his chair when he hears this. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, $5,000. You know, you guys explained this to me. Like I said, I'm new to this, so I was asking questions. I was like, what do you want? It's like, well, you want low percentage players who other people probably aren't going to have. And it's like, right, who's going to pick Odell Beckham Jr.? Not a lot of people. But if you look at it, they're playing the Texans, not a very good team. They've been all this talk about Todd Munkin is going to air the ball out. They're going to throw the ball more. Who's the wide receiver one on that team? If you're not sure, follow the money. Who's getting paid $15 million to be there? Odell Beckham Jr. is getting paid $15 million. Not any of these other guys. He's got a chance to be a really high-scoring player this week that nobody is looking at, nobody's even talking about, despite having an amazing matchup against the Texans. So I think he's a really sneaky player to put in there. Yeah, it's definitely unique. I mean, when when you've said that there, it was it was a curveball. It was a bit like then it like Beckham, wasn't it? But um, <laughs> I think it is a way to to get off someone like say Flowers, who's four thousand this week, low ownership. Uh, well, low price, but I'd expect that to be a high ownership percentage, which mm-hmm. could be a trap play if you put in um, him in your lineups and it he doesn't hit. Um, it's a way to get ahead of a lot of the field by going super unique with uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, an interesting shout, but it, it's um, it, he's the man for the main main event, the, the big cage and the opening day uh, is a great way to, to start that career. We're now going to move to the GPP tight end plays from a guy who had a career season last year. Yeah, surprise, surprise. We're going back to the well. I think there's not many players left of this matchup. <laughs> so we've got to pull out Gerald Everett. Yeah, coming off his best season, which I I forgot, to be honest. Most targets, most receptions, most yard, highest yardage, joint highest touchdowns. And that was obviously playing with an injured Justin Herbert, who played with pretty much broken ribs most of the season. I just think, yeah, he's the cheapest piece of that Chargers-Miami game that could break the slate. Um, looking back at last year in that game, he had eight targets, which is exactly what you want from your tight end. Um, and that was with... Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler, they all played. Yeah, Gerald Everett still had eight targets. So you want to see that. Miami ranked 27th against tight ends last season. So um, imagine they'll be towards the back of the pack again this year in this shootout, especially. Um, and yeah, a, a few people are predicting a Gerald Everett breakout for the season. Well, this could be a great place to start if he was to light up with a touchdown. Seven or eight targets this week could really help elevate your 
your position from the tight end position. So, yeah, Gerald Everett. My second one, my alternative is is Carl Pitts. Now, it doesn't doesn't feel great. It never feels great drafting Carl Pitts. Never feels great paying money to have Carl Pitts on your team. But especially when you read reports this week from a, the, a lot of the Falcons beat writers, or one of the beat beat writers saying Pitts could be the fourth target on this offense. Well. Personally, I think that guy needs to be fired because there's no way in hell that Matt Collins is going to be targeted over Carl Pitts in this offense. So, yeah, I think there's room for optimism. I think it's because we actually never got to see uh, Desmond Ridder play with Carl Pitts last year. They weren't on the field together for the full game. So we saw we saw Desmond Ridder. He elevated Drake London towards the, the end of the season, the, the last four games for for London. Is a big reason why a lot of people are saying that he's going to break out this year because he looked great. So surely Carl Pitts is going to be better than he was with Marcus Mariota, who is pretty much a disaster. So at 4,500, I just think it's cheap enough where um, I don't think it's going to hold you back in other areas. You don't have to save money elsewhere. And obviously Carl Pitts, he is the unicorn, we call him still. He's got the talent. He could break off a big game at, at any point. So um, why not in week one? We're going to, um, yeah, let's see what happens. So Carl Pitts, I think he's cheap enough and he's got the ceiling to break the slate. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Tight end's a mess. I do love these picks. Um, we are not under commission by the Chargers to include players at every position like we have this week. But uh, it just goes to show that the, the highest overrun on the slate is going to generate uh, a lot of buzz in, in both cash and tournament lineups. Um, and then just a little, little bit on Everett is he, he's great if you're double stacking, if you're taking a quarterback, a wide receiver and another, uh, rather than it be Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, go for something a bit different. Go for Mike Williams, go for Mike Williams and Gerald Everett or Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, something to get you a little bit more unique. Uh, speaking of unique, we're going to come to the GPP defense and special teams plays. First one I'm going for is the Bears 2,900 at home against the Packers. I think home favorites is a big key to this. Jordan loves unproven. I think whilst there is that amazing ceiling that we did tout, there is the other option that he could uh, make mistakes and it creates opportunities for that uh, defence and special team. So just be aware that there's all these range of outcomes we do like Jordan Love, but then try and be able to think a little bit different. Could it go this way as well? And then the other one is the Browns, who are at home to the Bengals, 2,600. A lot of people won't be confident taking on Joe Burrow, but if you look traditionally struggled against the Browns, I think record-wise, the Browns are pretty good against the Bengals, and then from turnovers point of view, he's had interceptions uh, on the past couple of occasions, I believe, and he's come back from injury, so there could be Russell. We know he's an excellent QB, but you're just thinking about a bit different. So that's it, boys. We've absolutely ran through that. We've smashed it. We're going to be getting people in the green this week, so thank you once again. Have a good one. We'll see you again next week.